Hey everybody, I'm Grant. And I'm Eric, and you're listening to the Quacking Ducks Podcast, where each week we take turns picking a piece of media that we'll talk about. Grant, what did we talk about today? Today we talked about Into the Mouth of Madness. In the Mouth of Madness. Whatever. (laughs) how we're starting is this the energy you're starting the episode with i guess so okay uh yeah so this episode we're talking about the movie in the mouth of madness which grant gave me shit for because i i picked it without prior to having actually seen it but i picked it because i knew i wanted to see it um because it's like, oh, that's not a media we love because we haven't seen it yet. I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But John, Compre- ah, John Carpenter, which we do love a lot of his work, and I knew the premise and everything. So I was like, this is definitely v- very much within my tastes and interests. So like, I'm not worried about not having anything to say about this movie. Uh, so I picked it based off of that understanding and that alignment of my interests, because it's like, I love a lot of adaptions of Stephen King work or things in that area, and this is kind of a, Mm -hmm. like, weird meta-fiction around the idea of a Stephen King-like author. So, to be clear, this was not a Stephen King... No. It's a story. it's it's right. a John Carpenter telling a story about someone like Stephen King. That changes a lot of how I react to it. Okay. Um, I was under the assumption uh, that uh, it was a Stephen King story. Oh, like, so you're him. like, wow, what a smug. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> pretty much there's like a lot of my notes that are just like fuck we get it like oh no, yeah it's yeah. not it's not written by him at all i i don't think he was actually connected to it i could be wrong i didn't look into this very much but to my knowledge he's not actually affiliated with this movie it's more just like you know how you know there's like Stories where there's like, oh, this is clearly about uh, a kind of trend or something that's popular in the moment. Like this was the movie was 90s. It came out like, I think, like five minutes after Jurassic Park, essentially. Yeah. Um, So Sam Neill was popular. Um, But yeah, so it was just like kind of just near the end of the the Stephen King craze. Mm-hmm. So it, it makes sense to be like, oh, I'm doing my story about kind of like about horror fiction right now, which makes sense. Mm-hmm. Like the way John Carpenter has kind of done, especially for that time period, he did a lot more different stuff than I remember. Like, you know, Halloween and the thing always stand out, but then 
it's like, oh, you have Big Trouble in Little China, and you have Escape from New York. Like, you have kind of a... Ghost of Mars, of course. Nope, that didn't happen yet, Mm. and also is bad. Uh, But you have that (laughs) breadth of, like, you know, interest. It's not like, oh, he's just a horror guy. Sure, sure. Um, But it makes sense for him to be interested in horror stuff and, like, how people are viewing horror at the time, I think. Mm -hmm. Um, That's one thing I thought was... So, now that we have seen the movie, I thought it was kind of interesting from... Like, it, it feels very much like what it, what I believe it is, which is a good director who has earned some clout being like, eh, I just love this idea I want to make a movie about, and then having the freedom to do it, you know, in a way that I I wonder would be hard, a lot harder to pull off nowadays. Sure. You know, I, you do have the, like, Jordan Peele and you know, a quiet place, like, it's in that vein of just, like, I've I've earned the ability to just pursue an, an idea I find interesting, kind of thing. Yeah, I'll be honest, for me, this fell in kind of an interesting, weird area, like, I, like, comparing it to other things, I, <laughs> I thought it was better than something like um another Sam Neill uh horror movie uh Event Horizon mm-hmm. which was a couple years after this um i it, 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 in terms of John Carpenter's work it kind of you know it clearly wasn't on the side of the scale that like the thing is on, you know, like, mm-hmm. it, it, you know, it, it's clearly pushed, I think, closer to the Ghosts of Mars side of the scale, but I, it's not quite, it doesn't have quite the elements to be something that is, like, endearingly, mm-hmm. like, you know, goofier or, or, or bad or, or whatever, like, it, 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 I agree that it feels something like, yeah, I had this idea. Let's try it out. Let's do it. You know, like, but it, it didn't. I, I guess I wouldn't expect to watch this movie ever again. I mean, that's fair. But also, <laughs> you're the only crazy person I know who's like, I'm gonna watch the same seven movies once a year forever. And well, also every other movie that comes out that year. Fair. To have an exponentially increasing list of movies I watch every year. I guess my... my. I, I know what you mean, though. Like, it's a thing that... Uh, the things that I think... I think uh, a way to put it is, like, the things that are interesting about it or cool about it, you can also get that somewhere else. Well, and, and, and I think kind of in the, you know... We have a, a friend that that has not seen as much stuff, and when he watches stuff, we call it Ryan discovers, and and sometimes his reaction to some stuff is like, "Oh, I know this thing that it's doing. Mm-hmm. I've seen that. This is like the first thing that did that that did that. So like, I appreciate it on that level, but it's like not as formulated or, or not as 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 like you know distilled of of a mm-hmm. thought, I guess." And I feel like this falls 
into that that category where it's like, okay, there's some stuff here that I have seen elsewhere and I, I, I feel like is, you know, a more distilled or more iterated upon kind of version of this that, like, you know, that I end up appreciating more because of its added, you know, attention or its added cleverness or whatever, mm-hmm. whereas this is kind of like, a, like, okay, I get, like, the, one of the things I wrote down about this movie is that it feels kind of like a, like, mid-level creepypasta. Like, it's got the basic idea of, like, yeah, okay, like, you know, everybody acts like they're afraid of these, this horror media, like it's going to mm-hmm. control people's minds and, and the devil's going to come out of the media or whatever. This is kind of like the baseline of, like, yeah, yeah or like that, a, that, you know, that like happens. Like a goosebumps kind of. Right, right, right. Yeah. It's kind of like the 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 base level of, of showing that happening kind of through a lens of early 90s we think dream sequences are just rapidly cutting and flashing lights and stuff mm-hmm. um so like in that regard it's like yeah okay like yeah i yeah. get it I, I see what you're doing but like you know um which that being said i i sometimes like that stuff cuz i well i agree that it it ends up with like a less coherent maybe pr- you know product in the end I do think it sometimes can feel I don't know it's a tough balance because like I like the experimentation that you can get with something like that if it's comes across as earnest versus like um like like it, it's a weird new thing where like I like this I, I don't think it's amazing but I like it I enjoy it I have fun in the same mm-hmm. way that like um, what was the one? I'm blanking on it. the The second Jordan Peele movie that came out, Us, Us. Like I really liked Us in a way that you didn't. I think for kind of comparable reasons. But then, like, I really don't like uh, It Follows or something because I think there's a level of like pretension on top of the experimentation versus just like. I'm experimenting for the sake of my own creative exploration versus like, look how everybody like trying to gather the attention, like look at the interesting thing I'm doing or look at how, look at what I've discovered. I like, I'm not sure if I'm quite putting to words what I think I mean, but I do, I do think there's like a, I don't know. It's tough. Like they're like, I think at least us and this have that kind of similarity where it's like they're weirder and less coherent but to me that and they have that kind of like goosebumps episode feel where it's more like I have this idea I have this idea that I think is interesting and I want to explore it and you know but it's not refined it's not it's not like we're going to like keep iter- doing like the the repeated iterating and iterating until we find it until it's like distilled to like the perfect execution of it sure that I, that rawness sometimes can make it feel like it has a little bit more earnestness to it i guess here, here here's what i would 
So the difference that I would draw in between something like us and, and this is that mm-hmm. um, this is sort of a it, it's a, okay, it's a a pre-scream horror film mm-hmm. um, that is not in a traditional slasher or whatever genre. Yeah, slasher monster. So I think, so, like, whereas Us is made in sort of a postmodern, like, Us is very articulate in the language of horror films, and it knows (laughs) very well how to set up horror tropes and then how to, like, and then to subvert them and kind of, like, you know, play with that or whatever, and that, 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 that is kind of almost by definition more iterated upon of a of a you know I, I of see a what thing, you're saying. you know whereas like this it didn't really seem like because yeah, of the time I, when I it came out just say it didn't like benefit one from similar that. I just right. meant the like um I guess I guess I was trying to to find words to place to what what we mean when we say like something feels like a goosebumps episode in a way that I kind of removes the derogatory connotation that would come with that, because I th- I tend to really like that, you know? And I remember right. when we talked about Us, there's kind of a similar thing where uh, I really dug how much it felt like a Twilight Zone episode. Like a really long Twilight Zone episode, but there's a w- way in which a Twilight Zone episode the world building and the execution doesn't have to quite fully make sense because that's not what it's about and i don't but i don't know what the difference between like uh you know something like get out where it makes perfect sense it's like so perfectly self-contained versus like in us which is not that at all there's a lot of kind of things that that exist for the sake of atmosphere alone that i but i still like it and it feels like a twilight zone episode and then a thing like it follows that seems to be the same, but I don't like it. I think it's more something that's missing in an it follows than it is something that is added in an it follows. Um, I think so. I, I guess yeah. I, I see what you mean. I, I think um, I think part of Like with it follows, I guess one of the reasons I like it is that it is it, certainly possible that I like it because I saw it when it came out versus me not as much liking this movie mm-hmm. or just not just I don't like you know it's not dislike it just just kind of like yeah 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 and like and, and like I think maybe part of it is because seeing it now both myself and just the general populace are much more like much more versed in in sort of these kinds of ideas that it, it, you know, like, I think part of the, like, this did feel like, you know, like what you're talking about, but it's like, it's at the point where I would want to see this instead in a supernatural episode or something. I think we have seen it. I was going to say, I actually was thinking that. I think we have seen a supernatural episode. and, 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 And the reason why is that, even a, like a they have a uh, um 
a different mandate for for you know the the length and wrapping stuff up, and mm-hmm. it, and it is a little bit easier to contain and, and easier to just like jump into something like this, you know, that's smaller. But also, they're just so much more versed in in just the way to tell this type of story that there's no problem at all with dragging. Mm-hmm. Whereas like this had a lot of problems of of dragging to me, yeah. and 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 like you know that's all that's all like. It comes down to like craft, but when examined from the perspective of like the time of you know the context of the time of when it was made and the mm-hmm. the the understanding that most people had about different tropes and stuff like that. So like I don't necessarily you know hold that against the movie. It's just one of those things where it's like ah oh, yeah it's yeah, like it's not aged that well. How much you enjoy right. it when like, you were seeing? It's like yeah it's like yeah I. One thing I was actually thinking of throughout this entire um, uh, movie, and it's it's different for sure, but there's some themes and some like some things about that movie that uh, are similar or echoed in something like Hot Fuzz, where it's mm-hmm. like, oh, I'm going out to this little town, and then there's like, I think there's a conspiracy, but then there's like a bigger thing going on and whatever, and like. You know, it's one of those things where it's like, yeah, this concept has been taken and reformatted into Hot Fuzz and a bunch of other different things, like Supernatural episode and whatever. Like, it's it's been taken and explored in so many different ways in a more, you know, it, it's it's it sounds negative to say in a more mature fashion or, like, more iterated upon, but it's not mm-hmm. necessarily the fault of this movie because it just how would it have access to, to getting that yeah. far down the iteration process? But like, you know, it's just kind of like, Oh, like coming back to see this is, it's a slightly rudimentary. I will say the thing that's, that is interesting as a case study is like seeing, um, you know, it's like reexamining anything that is one of the, you know, kind of initial base markers for a, a genre or for a type of movie or for something that sets up conventions. It's like, mm-hmm. Oh, let's look at the things that were in this that not only set up conventions that were later expanded upon, but let, let's look at the things that they didn't realize wouldn't go on to be part of the convention. You know, yeah. like what, are, what are the extra things on the side that they kind of did that, you know, that changed or whatever? I mean, um, so like you could get approach to this movie from that perspective, but I guess. So. I do think it's interesting that you called out the idea of like, oh, we're going to the the small town. That's a weird small town because I, I honestly almost forgot that is technically what the movie's about because it's so, like, the movie's kind of does like, I was thinking of this more as like, oh, our like meta horror is so permeated now, Kevin sure, the Woods sure. thing, like, totally, and this is a total other side. Yeah, of this is the very very beginning of that and also did not in any way popularize it so it's not exactly doing the first right you know it's it's it might be doing it the first but it's not like the grandfather it's kind um, of funny i was also thinking about like the ways that that just in general meta fiction has taken hold of like you know like there's some scenes in this that are extremely similar to the movie the will ferrell movie stranger than fiction yeah where it's like oh, someone's reading a thing and it's happening at the same time. And, you know, like, and it's like, oh, that can be creepy. That can be whatever, but you can take it into a com- comedic zone with that movie or, you know, like, 
Yeah. Yeah, it's the, totally... Yeah, it is interesting, because, like, I, I think we've done generally, or, or like, from an execution, we've done... It, it's improved. I, I don't know what I'm saying. We, I haven't... I'm not responsible. Uh, mm-hmm. But there... And I, I wonder if this story would actually function better as a novel for the sake of it is novels that are the things you are kind of talking about, and therefore... But it, it, it like, dips its toe into, like, oh, there's a lot of movies being adapted from Stephen right. King's stories. I was like, right. oh, I wish that was explored more. Right. Um, I agree. Be- before we pivot to that, I, I want to get on this thought, because I think I do think there's one thing that this movie did very strongly, but it's such a loose idea that it would be hard to, hard to like, really, like, extract it or or even recognize it in the moment, which is because of its meta-ness, I think it actually did a much more compelling kind of ramp and and without being explicitly telling you until, like, or explicitly tells you by the end of it, but uh, uh, this kind of ramp from uh, this movie is set in the real world to this is an entirely fictitious story and therefore uh, take what you see as that in a way that I think other horror movies have not been able to do. In a, and I think this is what actually bugs me in some some of the more modern horror movies that, are, that people like, where um, like the opening scene is in t- so ob- like objectively set in the real world that it's like, okay, this is the real world. This is, like, you you believe it, and you believe that this is the real world. And very quickly, but, like, increasingly so, it's telling you, actually, no, it's not. This is fiction. It, and it allows a just... Through that conversation mm. with the piece, it allows more of a justification of imagery that exists almost purely for setting a tone like maybe there's a like you know tack board connection between the the bicycle boy who becomes the bicycle old man or the inn owner who has a guy chain like handcuffed to her ankle maybe there's a plot justification for those things but i don't believe there is i i believe they purely exist for the sake of tone setting um but I find that a lot more I like it I'm accepting of that in a way I'm not accepting of other movies because the movie kind of slowly kind of trains me into the understanding that that is an acceptable thing in this world because and by the end of it it's acceptable because the world is entirely fictitious um and to kind of maybe mm. explain what I mean, I'm thinking of a movie that did not do that well, um, or to, in my view, did not do it well, was um, Midsommar. I think there's a lot of things in that movie that... I haven't seen that, by the way, real quick. Oh, okay. Um, I'll, okay, that's fine. I can still say the thing without being a spoiler. Uh, but mostly it's like, the movie seems to ex- exist in the real world because there's that there's not like in in the way they establish the world at the beginning there's nothing supernatural or anything like that 
Um, but there are actions taken by characters that are they that seem to exist purely for the sake of being creepy and unsettling imagery and not actually for a reason that makes sense in the world. Um you know, and, and a similar thing could be like um the it follows and the weird clamshell Kindle kind of thing that intentionally takes the story out of time and makes it like oh this is not set in a real time but by that nature it's not set in the real world but the movie doesn't like lead, like prime you or it doesn't really openly acknowledge that it's not set in the real world and I don't mean explicitly like I don't want it to be like you know stating that the movie is fictional the way this did I just think it was interesting how uh, this movie changed over time rather than kind of always being set in a non-believable setting, if that sure. makes sense. I, I, so I sort of get what you're saying. My problem, though, becomes I think that they... Like, this movie, I don't think it was that gradual. I think it was pretty, in, like, a direct thing where, like... Is in the real world, and then they're driving, and then... And then there's the old man boy. There's the, there's the old man boy, but then even after that, like, the... the I forget the female character's name, but she's driving, and then, like, they're flying, and then they're through a tunnel, and then it's daytime. Yeah. And it's like, that whole thing is very, like, abrupt and like, yeah. okay, guess we crossed into... Crazy world yeah, now. Yeah, there's a lot of and execution like, things and then, there where... And then at the end, though, I think that once he comes back and he's crazy, like, it seemed to... Like, it, what you're talking about seems to be a little bit at odds with the meta-ness that they're trying to convey in the fact that he goes into a movie theater and starts watching the movie that we're watching. Right. You know what I mean? So, like... I kind of picture it as, like, a weird curve where it's, like, the, the reality versus fictionality curve where it starts as, like, objectively real. And, and you're right, it's not a gradual change at all. But it, I was more just acknowledging that there is a delta right. period that you go from the real world to a fictional world, and they're, like... You still you stay. I think the the seeing the point of view from her end was kind of, kind of does, does this idea a disservice because I think it's really valuable having a hardcore skeptic be the point of view character right, for a right. while. Yeah. So it kind of maintains that level of reality. Um, but then, like you said, the ending where he's watching the movie adaptation of the book, which has hit. It doesn't just have. Is him who he is being portrayed like a like an Austin Powers played by Tom Cruise kind right. of thing. Is that, is it's literally movie? him. Yeah. yeah. Um, I think that is kind of the other end of the curve where it's like objectively real to ob like the whole movie has been objectively fiction because it's not possible for the film adaptation to be Sam Neill playing John Johnson or whatever the character's name is. Like that's that that. Completely makes no sense, ex except for the idea that the film we are watching is entirely fictional, 
and therefore anything is possible because it's fiction and like any like you can do whatever you want by that point. I think that the meta statement that they were trying to make was the plot is like, oh, whoever reads this book goes crazy, and then that's turned into like they specifically say, well, what about people who don't read? And it's like, well, we'll make a movie adaptation adaptation. So whoever watches the movie goes crazy. Mm-hmm. And then they show us that the movie that makes people crazy is the movie that we're watching. And that's supposed to be like, ooh, spooky, spooky, spooky. Like that we're watching the movie that makes people go crazy. And like I... like that's that's the the plot is implying and like yeah. that's going back into the real world and going in and it's meta, but it's it's, you know, like, it, it's not quite the same level of, oh, this is projecting as fiction in the way that you're talking about. Because in order for it to be effective as meta, it needs to be, uh, oh, it's like the re- real movie is the Yeah, is I, don't, the thing. I don't think that it, I mean, that might be the intention, but I think there's a different flaw with that goal, which is like, there is no In the Mouth of Madness book. So like totally. we we never yeah. existed at a in the point of right. that. So like this can't be the film adaptation of the book. This is just a film that exists. <clears throat> and that's why I kind of interpreted it more as like um I, I the book that I know you haven't read yet, but I've been trying to get you to read for years, House of Leaves, where yeah. so the structure of that book is it is a okay. Let me let me try to remember how which direction it's easier to describe this book. Uh, uh, a photographer, like a famous photographer, moves into a house, and he slowly discovers that there's some like some weirdness with the nature of the house. Like he finds a room that feel like because of his keen artistic eyes, he's able to know something's weird. And when he tries measuring it, like the room appears to be bigger like slightly bigger on the inside than on than the outside or the house dimensions would allow that to be so he's like having an architect invest it like investigate stuff and because he's a photographer and because he has like a ton of art friends like this actually is like weirdly a little related to like how um Ice Ice Baby is like he, except he does a documentary about him moving into his house and trying to investigate what the hell is up with this his house, and it it, it expands from there. But the that's not actually what the book is about. The book is about someone who has watched this documentary and writing a manuscript. Not just about what's in the documentary, but also talking about the documentary as a uh, film and documentary criticism essay about the documentary. But also, that manuscript is also has notes from a secondary author who's like, oh, I found this manuscript and I'm trying to investigate this, the existence of this manuscript. And it's weird because the documentary doesn't seem to exist. So... You know, so like at that point, you have like five different layers of. Okay, what what am I actually reading? Mm-hmm. And I don't think th- obviously this doesn't ex- execute to that level or or as well. But I believe the idea is not hey, 
this film is the film depicted in the film, nor is it... I think it's more just say, like, hey, like, you thought this movie was one thing, and it's not. It's... And by the end of it, you're pretty... Like, all semblance of reality within the film has gone. And the only reason that is possible is because the film is a film. It is an entire work of fiction. And I believe it is only, you know, far past the point of, like, Ferris Bueller and Deadpool talking to the camera. It is a aggressive... It's a... It's acknowledging its fictionality not by talking to the audience, but by destroying the reality that exists within the film. Because nothing at, that's depicted in the end can make sense outside of the fact that this is it's fiction. It's not real, so anything is possible. I that think... was my interpretation of it, because... Anything think, else doesn't work? Now, it could be that you're just right and they did it badly. <laughs> that's, I was going to say, I think you're giving this movie a lot of credit. Um, I was giving it a little less credit, um, and and I agree it doesn't fully work, but I the thing that I think this was based off, or not based off, but the idea or, or whatever <laughs> of the meta-ness was, like, someone essentially, like, the big like marketing campaign because this clearly the the one thing that this movie is like playing it with and the world that this movie is playing in is John Carpenter's world of like okay I understand how studio execs work and marketing mm-hmm. toys are set up or you know whatever in the late 90s or late 80s and early 90s or whatever and I feel like one of the things that had not necessarily exactly recent to this but I guess was kind of the starter of a trend that probably like continued a little bit is like back in the the 70s when the exorcist came out mm-hmm. right the the book was a big hit but it was also like controversial and and like yeah. oh i don't know about this like it's like reading about satan stuff is i don't know you know and then the movie came out and there was like a huge marketing campaign that was talking about the press, about these, like, oh, people are fainting in the theater yeah. and they're they're freaking out, and look, which we can see even in modern, you know, film, you know, marketing for horror movies, you'll see often like, oh, it's like a you know a, a, a grainy you know night vision view of the, the the audience reaction to what's happening in the theater, and that's the way to sell it, just to show all these people scared shitless yeah. by what's the street, and I feel like that along that route of thinking that seemed to be to be the the kind of thing where this was going of like this horror film is depicting a th- a good showing that the story of itself is it makes people go crazy and who isn't that spooky and oh no you're watching the it's like you're watching it's like if they had the 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 video from The Ring that makes Samara come right. and kill you, if it was just the movie The Ring. It's like, oh, oh no, fuck, I didn't realize I was watching the thing that is makes people go crazy. Oh, spooky. Yeah. Like, I think I, that that's the intention, and I think it's not super well performed for the reasons that you're talking yeah, about, because it's it, it a fictional like thing, that, so it can't affect you that, the same way. It feels, like, 
adjacent to that idea. Almost like um the Tenacious D song about the greatest song in the world, where it's like, right, tribute, this yeah. is not that song. It's a tribute to the uh, that idea of that song. I like, feel like to me, this- it came off of like a, this movie came off like, like you said, kind of like a an idea that John Carpenter had when he was thinking about all that stuff, and then yeah, so it just kind of happened, and he didn't fully. Aspect, you know, I do think you're right. I think that lives in the spirit of this movie. I don't think it. I don't believe it was. A literal intention to be like, ooh, see? I think it also, because I think if that was the case, I think we would, unless it was a thing of like, see, it, it's weird because I have trouble believing that would come from him. Like, he'd be like, ooh, I'm going to make a movie that I can design a marketing campaign around. And I think if that marketing I don't think, it, cam- I, I don't think it was that. I think the, I think the idea was. I don't think he was designing a marketing campaign about that. I think that the twist of the movie, and not necessarily the marketing campaign of the movie, but the, the twist of the movie is like, oh, you know, like... how oh, More of a was... commentary on the right. idea. Okay, right. That right. I agree with right. more. So it's not necessarily like... It's not that literally you're supposed to believe this is that movie, but more of a like hey, th- I'm not making yet another comment about the state of horror right now, which is s- about how they're more m- about marketing than they are about the content or something in that space. Yeah, yeah, I think that the message is supposed to be like, oh, this is this this is the spooky movie that makes you go crazy. Yeah, but, but with that's a, like, like, edit, that's like Exorcist. Yeah, that's or like, such a, yeah, or yeah. P- proto Blair Witch or right. like him acknowledging the trend, not him participating like him well, participating sort of, in the trend, right, but not in a, right. a way of sincerity. Right. Participating yeah. in order to point it out kind of yeah. more, which, which that, I think is, is that's like a, yeah, that's a good idea. And that's a, mm-hmm. like, that's, you know, that's like a, that's at least one level of complexity you know, deep of meta-ness, you know, yeah. like, that's kind of the, that's, the kind of meta theme is what made me, led me to that, because it's like, okay, like, he's, he understands what this movie is, and he under, clearly understands what Stephen King is, because mm-hmm. he straight up made a Stephen King story, yeah, essentially, like, you know, oh, it goes up to New Hampshire, not Maine, whoa, big change, like, yeah. you know, you know, like, so, like, it, yeah, it's the, very... the comparison is very intentional right. and invited, but... Yeah, because I, and not to, like, I know we were saying, like, oh, he was exploring an idea. I don't think he just, like, slapped this together, because that's a lot of work to, like, I'm sure, sure he had a, a very intentional idea that he was excited about, but, like, uh. I will say, I think that the, so John Carpenter, one of the things he's also really well known for is having uh, excellent music that he, composes be part of his film. I will say at the beginning and the start of this film, there's some music that does not fit <laughs> in any way, shape, or form. Uh so I think he's trying things out on, on multiple levels of just like yeah, just try yeah. this out. Which you know I respect and, that. And like I... fair enough, you know, John Carpenter's had both some excellent, you know, industry changing movies and some bad movies. Yeah. So, you know, f- fair enough. You know. Yeah, I, I don't think that... I, I think this is a movie that 
still uh, the conversation it wants to have with and about fiction is an interesting one, because especially for horror, because like horror so often, like especially to be in an, a, a medium of entertainment, I don't think it can fully like people don't want to see real horror. And he, even the horror that's like can happen, like a saw. Like saw does not exist in reality, and hostile does not exist in reality. It's it's yes, it is. It obeys the laws of physics, but that does not mean it exists within reality. And I think it there is. I don't think this movie does the conversation to justice, but I think it it can inspire the the thinking or around like. Okay, how do we balance that for a compelling experience yeah. kind of thing? Yeah. Um, and and uh, and like I said, this is more like I watched the movie and it inspired me to think about how I think about horror movies that I like and dislike differently. So that it like I'm not saying the movie is amazing for that, but it is interesting that it kind of kickstarted that that process in my head. It, it sure. kicked the domino over and. I still need to have all the other dominoes in place to for it to work. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I, I think it, it from the the angle of like, ooh, what's the thing I do like about this that I would want to play with on my own? It's the idea of like, oh, starting in as grounded a, a reality as you can to make it feel that much weirder as you kind of strip that away over time mm-hmm. at a pace that makes sense. Cause like you said, I there, I don't think having the, the editor as a point of view helped because she was very easily mm-hmm. <laughs> it, it like aligning with, Oh, this is all this craziness is real. Um, and the, like, they played with like dream sequency stuff at the beginning, but then to have like people do like, you know, micro sleep, waking like waking nightmare kind of stuff without it because it just like old timey editing. It just comes across right. like, oh, I know what this is. This is a horror movie. Yeah, I think so. I think one of the things that's especially so all the dream stuff. Like all the waking up and sleeping and dreaming stuff. Part of the problem, I guess, is that around the same time period, Wes Craven was just fucking nailing it. Yeah. And this movie didn't. That's fair. Yeah. You know, so like it's kind of like, ah, shit, like hard to like look past that because like your contemporaries are doing dream nightmare stuff really well. The thing that I hoped that this would even dig into a little more, and it's sort of, I don't know, I'm kind of of a couple minds about it. So one of the things that I thought that was really interesting and had potential, but then didn't get as much follow-through as I wanted, was the, you know, meta-narrative about this thing being this film. Mm -hmm. And then there was kind of some stuff that's pure... It made me think of how of um, was it House of Leaves the book the one I was describing yeah 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 which I I know you know about as well, you know and stuff and I know that there it has different things like you know some pages the printing 
is like different or messed up or mm-hmm. whatever for specific in story reason kind of stuff. I think one of the things that this movie had that was weird was like it had that whole sequence, like the the deepest that it ever got into the fantastical and weird and stuff. It showed an author as a being that turned into essentially a god and ripped the page open of the picture. Like, the problem with it is, like, it seemed like stuff that maybe you could do some clever printing and weird shit with Mm -hmm. in a book to make it look like a page was ripped or something. And to, like, and to, like... Be like, oh, the book is talking about him ripping over, open the fabric of reality, and then this next page is ripped. That's creepy and spooky. But, like, obviously, when you adapt something like that into a movie, you need to do something like have the film reel stutter instead <laughs> of ripping open a page of a book, because it just doesn't make any sense to do that. You know, like, you're, you're dealing with a different medium so, like, part of me was, like, I wish it did something more like what Fight Club does, where it talks a little bit meta-y about film and, like, showing the different marks on film and, like, showing the film, uh, like, quote-unquote, get messed up or whatever. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, part of me was, like, oh, it is kind of like uh, a crappy Stephen King adaptation I was just thinking that as you were to, saying like, that. like, not get that and to still just do... Right, a visual yeah, representation like, of a book thing. It so was it's like one of those things where I was kind of like, well, that is kind of spot on, but you know, it doesn't feel like that was is the intent. Unless you had, right. a, like, I don't think I think he was self aware enough to make a Stephen King story. I don't know that he was self aware enough to make a bad adaptation of bad a bad adaptation Stephen, of yeah. a Stephen King story. Yeah, exactly. I think so. I I think there's. That actually ties into another thought I was having. So I do think you could do something with that. Like, I don't think this is the case, but if you had, like, if you're doing more of a transmedia ARG-like kind of thing, having somewhere exist or, or like, book reviews about the book that this is the the movie adaption of the book, talk Mm -hmm. about, like, oh, yeah, like, it's so cool how the, like, at this point, the pages are, like, have these holes in them where it's describing the holes in reality or something. And then you do this where like the movie just has the book, the pages and you're like, wait, what the fuck? Um, like that could be just like a funny kind of thing. If you want to do it with a level of intentionality. Um, one thing I wanted to talk about that I realized I, I like, but I, so I think this movie's biggest problem to me, it's like what we didn't like with um Pontypool where it's like it was like a really good movie that had a really good idea and then it threw another idea at on top of it in the third act mm-hmm. uh where i thought the idea that i think i like in this at the beginning which is separate than the other idea that i am torn about near the end is the idea of stumbling into a stephen king story that you're not a main character of and it's already started it's already in progress mm-hmm. and through that nature you have no point of view into why the fuck anything's going on the way it is like i like and they don't explore this nearly enough i thought this was what the movie would be but like when he when they get to the church and like the townsfolk show up or like get 
get the kid! Like, give us the kid back! And then the kid's there, and then the doors close and open and close and open again, and then it's him. And And the townsfolk are like, we're very angry about the supernatural thing happening right now. And then our main character's like, what the fuck is happening right now? Like, I I think that... It's kind of like, um... I, 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 as much as I love the ideas of Children of the Corn, I don't like that you're told exactly what's going on long before the two adult protagonists show up, mm-hmm. and it completely removes the mystery of it. I think there could have been a lot of fun there of like, oh, hey, we're looking for Stephen King, we think he's in Castle Rock, Maine, and then when we get to Castle Rock, Maine, it's, it's, they play more into the like, it's really fucking weird how the like this place is real and the events of the book are happening because like in this they do that for like a second and then instantly it's just like reality's a lie and everything's fiction and it doesn't matter anyways it's like okay but you did you spent like three seconds on the idea of what does a real life human feel like what would they experience if they stumbled into a Stephen King story right or better yet a bad movie adaptation of a Stephen King story yeah you know with uh the bad guy from Ghostbusters 2 yelling at (laughs) at little kids in the church and stuff Mm -hmm. like I think that would have been fun and it's also like because I'm not I'm fascinated by story but I'm not a strong writer the idea there's a level of utility in that too where it's like oh, by that nature, you don't actually have to explain shit, because that's kind of the point, and you can do all these creepy, weird imagery stuff, and not actually explore why or what it is, because your character shouldn't know, right. you know? So, like, that's right. kind of it. That could be a fun thing to play with, too. Like, those are the things I liked. Like I said, the, the like, hotel, uh, manager with just like oh yeah it's just a guy chained to her like why don't worry about it this isn't both your character's not supposed to know because he's not a protagonist in this book at that time he wasn't then they Mm -hmm. change it i think that undermines that cool thing um and then it becomes like don't worry about it because the whole thing's fictional anyways right so i think it's Yeah, I think the thing that I like about it, to put a nail into it, is the idea of using a, a, you know, by by kind of being objective with how fictional something is, or at least being more clear about where the lines between reality and either your dream state or your fictionality are, it allows you to justify... uh, imagery for its own sake a little bit better because like i think uh like david lynch stuff specifically twin peaks does that well too where it's like oh it's very clear when we're at in like a dream sequence or not and sure it's you know i think people it's kind of a cliche to call it a cliche to complain about the cliche of like oh it was a dream all along like yeah that's not good but I think people sometimes think about if you tell someone it's a dream at the beginning, it means like, oh, well, none of this matters now because it's a dream. It's like, well, that's not true. 
because it's still fucking weird and creepy. Mm-hmm. And if you establish in the in your fiction that it's not just a dream, that dreams have some level of significance or importance in the real world, then now you can do like some really weird, cool stuff. It, it which like feels like it should be a limited like a thing you can only do sometimes. But I, I don't think that's true. I think if you want to explore that kind of stuff uh and that that um again trying to avoid spoilers i do think midsomar does that well they have some dream dream sequency stuff that works really really effectively and i actually like that stuff a lot more than the creepy things that happen in reality because it's like well that's a dream that explain that's i understand why that horrifying fucked up thing was happening it was a dream the horrifying fucked up thing that happened in reality makes no sense. Why would that happen in reality? You know? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I guess the the only reason that I so the thing that I guess that I take that I that I don't mind when it happens in in films that are more uh not overtly uh dream like not like oh hey this is a dream get ready it's a dream like it follows is a nightmarish situation but it's not and like you know that has that timeless weird stuff that doesn't make mm-hmm. sense but the thing that i like about that is that it to me that feels more like being in the dream like whereas like Nothing seems all that weird inside of a dream until mm-hmm. reflection post post waking up. So like I think that there's interesting things you can do with something like this mm-hmm. where it's like you go into a weird dreamy world and then you come out of the other side of it and you know, reevaluate and you're like, Well, what the shit is going on? Um but like for stuff that is supposed to just kind of feel generally you know, dreamlike or nightmarish or whatever, I think, you know, I'm not sitting there thinking, well, wait a minute, this is a real world and that can't happen. Like, I guess I, I kind of accept it's like, okay, like I'm in this dream and this is this world and this is, you know. Yeah, I guess. So here's the the thing that with it follows that doesn't work for me is like, I don't, I don't have a problem with the idea of like, oh, this, this, like, I think, I think that's actually a really good point about it follows where, if the story is compelling and immersive, you shouldn't be thinking about, is this real or not real in the moment? It should just mm. feel believable. And then maybe after the fact, you're like, boy, that was fucking weird. And that yeah. would be very dreamlike. I think the problem I have with that, or I don't have that problem. I think that just opens you up to, or when placed on it follows, it opens it up to different problems, which is, well... You can argue it whether or not in real life a dream has meaning or not. You know, there's a lot of like dream theory stuff that I I don't know enough about. But when mm. it's a movie, it's like, okay, well, whether conscientious or not, the artist was probably trying to say something, or they, or I should rephrase it, they were saying something. But the question becomes, what were they saying? And I think that. That does not work well within It Follows because 
when I think about that, every like theme or parable or like le- lesson about life that seems to come from it follows. It's like it's one I just like fundamentally disagree with because I th- feel like the ending and the like general reflection of where the story ends up it just comes it's so pessimistic and it i was talking to donnie and brian about this earlier today where it doesn't come across as a personal story or a story told or inspired by personal experiences so much as if it, it feels like it it sees itself as a par- uh, parable like a, a universal story like you know uh when i was talking to them i was like you know tortoise and the hare is not a personal story it's a, intended to be right. a story that everyone can relate to the problem with that in the idea of it follows you know if, if it's a dream then it's a metaphor for something what is a metaphor for it always comes across as like just a really pessimistic view on uh, like maturity, adulthood, and stuff. In a way that I'm like, well, now I don't think that like I don't think it follows is a bad movie. I think it's a really good movie. But when I take it at the dream, therefore metaphor level, I just disagree with it. <laughs> if that sure. makes sense, I would say it's certainly. I v- definitely view it follows as a pessimistic movie yeah and i and like i like the dream is metaphor like yeah i don't think it's supposed to be that's the problem i don't think it's supposed to be a dream i think it's supposed to be a metaphor for how being an adult woman is kind of nightmarish right like you know i don't even take it that level i take it like my understanding is is a commentary on adulthood it doesn't like it doesn't feel that narrowed down to like this character's experience or the filmmaker's experience. It, it feels like it's trying to make a statement about adulthood. And at that level with that pessimistic tone, I'm like, I just, for my own sanity's sake, I can't. And I don't agree with you. Uh-huh. I, I admire the artistry in making in the message you have created, but I don't agree. <laughs> sure. I don't, I don't agree with it. I guess either. I, I guess I just, appreciate it as a point right. of view there, there of like two different ways of coming at art and like yeah. my it's my my like inability to argue back against the movie is more frustrating than i do enjoy the movie so it ends up being mm. like oh what like bottom you know bottom line how do i feel about if i was not a fan because I can't. It won't let me yell back at it. Sure. <laughs> uh, but yeah, that that was kind of my thought. Like that kind of. I I think there's value in that thinking of like, oh no, I don't wa- I don't want to establish a re- a reality. I want to min- maintain a immersive yet dreamlike state throughout the movie. I think that's a totally fair goal. I think the. That's that was essentially what I was thinking of. Like, if you do that, you have to you have to be very conscientious and and know what you are saying when you do that, because inevitably it is a metaphor. And what is that? What is your movie a metaphor for? Right. um, Becomes the question, Uh, which I think I don't I don't think it follows. I think it follows knows what it's saying. Mm -hmm. Um, I just 
disagree. I think there are other movies that fall under the into the camp of like, oh, you don't know realize what you just said with that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, totally. Yeah, yeah. A weird example. There's a a Netflix original show that's very much trying to be like a kid friendly horror thing, like like Goosebumps and stuff. I think it's called like Creeped Out or something. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Helen put an episode or two on the other day. And there was one that was, like, so clearly, like, Black Mirror for kids. Mm-hmm. And it was just like, I want to be popular. This phone said, the TV says, this phone will make me popular. I bought the phone. The phone is her from her, except a emotionally abusive boyfriend. Oh, but boy. also it makes me popular. And then the end was, like, uh, the way... Like the way the friend say quote unquote saved her was like just letting the abusive boyfriend phone burn through all of the leverage it had over her by posting hard like all the embarrassing things it had mm. online. I was like, I think the show thinks its message is be careful about technology and social media, but the actual message is like here's how to handle abusive relationships. And it's a horrible message. I'm, mm-hmm. I, I'm not qualified to say what the right action is, but I feel pretty confident in that the advice that this show gave to tweens was fucking awful. Mm-hmm. So it's a, that's the kind of thing of like, if you're going to be a metaphor, you better fucking know what you're being a metaphor for. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, that was just the best example of not doing that well that I could think of. So. That sounds horrific. Uh, yeah, it was awful. And then we watched she like another episode started playing. I was like, I really hate the show from like a moral <laughs> level. Can we not watch this? <laughs> I am upset. Nice. Well, well, I think that's all I've got. To yeah, say about this. Movie. I I think this movie is interesting. I think we. It's it's a very weird one because it it's it feels like spinning plates in a way, mm. and it's like oh these if you like these ideas you'll probably have fun with it. Um, there I think Red Letter Media did like an episode about it recently, and I think another like filmy criticism did an episode about it recently. So if you're interested but not sure maybe check those out. They'll do a better job of actually explaining like what the movie is in a coherent and chronological order way mm. that might convince you. I think I was watch. I watched like 10 minutes of the red letter media one. I was like, I'm convinced that this sounds like a thing I would want to watch. And that's, that was kind of when I was like, I want to watch this. Can we talk about it? So I feel like I am using my time efficiently. <laughs> <laughs> well, I will say I'm, Happy that we watched this instead of Exorcist 3. Exorcist uh, 3 is also supposed to be good. Not 2. 2 is trash. Yeah, 3's. That's the okay. cop, cop in, you know, mur- like serial killer mystery one, right? But then yeah. the ending was added on after the fact because there was no actual exorcism in it. Right. Okay. I've heard it, it's good. If Grant disagrees, then. Well, there you go. Yeah. 
um cool well i think that does it for this then yeah uh, happy halloween ooh. uh thank I hope you, we Brenna. can fit another halloweeny episode in but yeah probably uh thanks to brenna for our awesome artwork thanks yeah. to Dave for editing giving us some theme music some more appropriate theme music than John Carpenter gave to this movie. Jesus. Uh, and, uh, yeah, if you want to, you can comment on SoundCloud. All right. Peace, everybody. Bye.